Hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, the podcast where the Commander Clash crew, well in this case some of us, uh, but most of the Commander Clash crew talks about Commander related topics. So you probably noticed a little bit of a different crew this week. Richard's out sick. Krim is in a hurricane and doesn't have any internet at the moment. So we're joined today by Phil, probably better known as, uh, known as Brewer's Kitchen. How are you today, Phil? Hey, yo, doing pretty well. Funny topic today. Uh, we got we got a good one. We're also joined by Tomer. Good morning or afternoon, I guess. Tomer, how are you? Hey, uh, I'm doing great. There's no hurricanes. No hurricanes. Here, so that's that's always fine. a bonus. I every day yeah. with no hurricane is a good day in uh, <laughs> in my book. So today we got a fun topic. We're talking about the worst cards we've ever played. And I should clarify. So when I say worst cards we've ever played. It wouldn't be very interesting if we were like, oh, we played Badger Tribal once, and I played this really horrible Badger. The idea is, these are the worst cards we've ever played that we actually had a purpose for playing in our deck. With the idea being, we get so focused on staples in Commander, where we think about, you know, the Smothering Tides and the Soul Rings, that we forget that there's so many different cards out there, and in the right home, almost every card can be really powerful. So we're going to talk about the worst cards that we've hopefully kind of made work at one point or another over our Commander career. So that's the topic for today. Before we jump into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your Magic cards. And if you ever get tired of the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, you can skip them with Card Conduit. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more for just a 5% service fee. And you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. Either way, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. So thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, definitely like and subscribe. That's super helpful with the youtube algorithm check out the merch page over at mtggoldfishmerch.com and did i do it all right tomer did i forget anything i feel like i'm forgetting one like Is and subscribe the... like and subscribe yeah like and so click the dingle dangle what, what happened <laughs> to the dingle dangle i forgot i, I forgot know. about that one it's been a while since i hosted <laughs> <laughs> so anyway let's jump into our list and let's kick things off with tomer tomer what is one of the worst cards that you've ever played in commander Alright, so I don't have just one card. I cheated, and I have multiple cards that I actively play in one of my paper decks, and they will just ruin you if you play them. Um, so this deck runs... Two two cards are emblematic of, of the type of things I'm talking about. The first one is Pyromancer Swath. This is a red enchantment uh, uh, that's three mana, two and a red, uh, that says, if an instant or sorcery you control will deal damage to a creature or player, it deals that much, plus two to a creature or player instead which is a tor brand effect very yeah, good busted. but then it has another it has another line at the end of turn at the end of any turn it could be your turn or an opponent's turn whatever discard your hand <laughs> so so there's there's that and then the same deck is running this card transcendence it's a six mana white enchantment you don't lose the game for having zero or less life awesome right uh when you have 20 or more life you lose the game, so you start at 40 in Commander, so if you play this before, if you're above 20, you're just dead. And then when you lose life, you gain two life for each one life you lost, so you're getting closer. If you're under 20, and you don't immediately lose the game when you have this out, um, you slowly climb up uh, to 20 and you die that way. 
Um, so my deck that runs both of these cards is Zedru the Great Hearted. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is these cards are intentionally some of the worst you could possibly play in Commander because I don't intend to hold on to them. <laughs> well, Zedru's ability basically um, has a bunch of text, but it can you can pay three mana, uh, white, red, and blue, to donate one of your permanents over to an opponent. So the goal is to not have these permanents on my side of the battlefield, to give them to an opponent, and then they're going to have to suffer the consequences. So this is basically like bad cards dot deck. These are some <laughs> of the worst cards you could possibly have on your side of the battlefield. And that's the whole point of Zedger. So it actually is a home for these objectively terrible cards. They're, they're, the Being terrible is the point of yeah, them it, in this deck. <laughs> it reminds me of... Uh... Oh no! What is it? Beam Beamstick Bullies? What's the one that reanimates? Yeah, Beamstick like, Bullies. That's another one where like your deck is actually at its best when you're playing the worst cards possible. Zedru kind of does the same thing because you're giving it to your opponent. I gotta ask you though, Transcendence. So do you have to get below twenty life before you can even play that and give it to your opponent? Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Usually Zedru, Zedru people people don't like the gifts that I'm getting. Even though like I would say eighty percent of the gifts are actually very nice these days. I took out a lot of the mean cards. These ones <laughs> remain though. But like yeah, if if people are hitting me down to sub twenty, I just hold on to this as my silver bullet and be like, all right, you're doing really well. You got me down to twenty, bravo! And then I play Transcendence and I give you Transcendence and you die. That is brutal. <laughs> that is that is brutal. I wonder about Pyromancers. Swath, could you envision this scene playing any place else? I was thinking because, like, there was a point in modern, like ten years ago, when people played it in Storm. It was actually played because okay. you could play it in your Storm turn, and then you would Grape Shot, and your Grape Shot seeds steal three, and like you're never going to go to your end of turn. So, you, what do you care about discarding your hand because you're going to win that turn anyway? Is there any way you like? Burgy or like I don't know Giora like could this actually work in a storm deck where you're trying to like do the modern thing and triple up your grape shot damage or something? I and think the new so. Brusque as well, right? Oh no, yeah. it's just instant Ooh. or sorcery sauce. Actually, it's not. Oh, not even it doesn't pushing. actually. Work. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. It's very specific, but I, I can imagine it's it's decent. It's probably still the cheapest effect. To add two extra damage without any extra hoops to jump through, like you could, you can always guarantee that you play this for three mana, and then for the rest of the turn, instant sorceries, or for as long as enchantments on the battlefield. But you definitely need to get the job done the turn you cast it, or else yeah. you're pretty much <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cute. <laughs> what, what about you, Phil? Have you played any of these cards? Are you scared of Transcendence no. now? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny how you can't even cast Transcendence. Like, I thought, oh, this is actually so sweet. That's almost very good. But I didn't think that, yeah, if you cast it over 20, you just die. So maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's still kind of trashy. It's, it's how many people? <laughs> how many t- uh, people did you get with this yet? Uh, I don't play the deck too much, so I would say maybe like over the past couple of years, maybe like five people I got oh, with that's it. Good, like, I don't, yeah, that's yeah, actually like happened. My, yeah, yeah. I have better ver- I have better cards. That I didn't mention like Illusions of Grandeur is like four mana blue enchantment. ETBs, you gain 20 life. When it leaves the battlefield, you lose 20 life, and it's cumulative upkeep cost. 
Uh, so eventually you can't pay the upkeep costs and, and, and you sacrifice it and you lose a 20 life. That card is actually like decent, so I didn't mention that's... it, but that's like the primary win condition. It's like I gain 20, I pay a cast illusions, I gain 20, I give it to somebody, I bounce it back to my hand or exile it and bounce it back to my battlefield. So you, the person who I give it to just loses 20. They don't gain 20 life, they just straight up lose 20 life. And then I repeat that process a couple times and uh, you die that way. But I think that's too good for this episode. Yeah, somehow <laughs> we've ended up in a world where Illusions of Grandeur is too good for uh, for today's podcast. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, but, uh, oh, what about Pyromancer Swath to discard your hand? I've always wanted to w- uh, win with Deck of Many Things. That's still on my bucket list and I've never <laughs> done it. And you got to be empty-handed to do it. Could there be any world where you play it because you intentionally want to discard your hand to turn on your Deck of Many Things? Eh, eh? Could be, eh? it could That's break it. <laughs> <laughs> could be playing a madness deck, and for oh. some reason you really need a mass discard out. Yes, got him. Very well, efficient. <laughs> let's keep moving on. Phil, what is one of the worst cards you have ever played? So my card is Squamonga. It's I think from Macadian Mask for four mana. It's a three three creature type manga. Uh, it has an activated ability for two, no tapping. Uh, Squallmonger deals one damage to each creature with flying and each player, and any player may activate this ability. Uh, that is not necessarily good, but I played it in Mono Green Burn, where the plan was <laughs> to give me protection from everything and then cast Hurricane, that or Squ- a Hurricane or Squall Line or Squallmonger, because all of them deal X damage to each player and each flying creature, whatever. This one with infinite mana and you have protection from everything kills the table. It is a very situational <laughs> effect, but for this deck, it was just one of the most important cards. You can tutor it out with creature tutors. It's very, like, people are usually not scared of it, although in this deck, maybe. And I remember, wasn't there this Efreed or something that said, Yeah, I was going to say, also- it's... <laughs> It's pretty good, but no if biff for free. It's no, it's no if biff for free. That's the real. That's the real all star. I mean, you honestly would kill itself. You could just stack all the triggers with infinite mana, but still, I honestly kind of think these cards are underrated. So I'm pretty biased, probably, because I played this Kenrith deck where the theme was like all my cards were things that anyone could activate. And I was playing Zerda as my companion, so I would get to activate them cheaper than everyone else. And the way that game played out is no one else activated any of my cards, but they were actually really strong when I had Zerda out, because I could activate them really cheaply. So even though they seem symmetrical, like they're going to benefit everyone, in practice, it turns out that people don't have the right colors of mana for some of them, or they just don't want to pay so much for some of them. There was, oh, I'm trying to find the exact card. It was uh, Endbringer's Revel, which is four mana. Any player can play it to return a creature from your graveyard to your hand only as a sorcery. And when that was just two mana with Zerda, I actually got a ton of value out of that, but no one else would activate it because they didn't want to spend four mana. Yeah. So was there any chance these effects, like... I don't know. My experience has been as well that they could actually be good in the right deck. Do you think they could be underrated, Tomer? I think they're they're good in the right deck, but they're definitely like the the amount of mana that you have to spend onto them, even when you build around them. Like they they really need they really need a, a very specific shovel for them, which I think kind of qualifies them as the worst because they're spending four mana for a three three, and then. Each two mana on top of that is just one damage to each player and each creature. Like, 
it's not the greatest rate, obviously. If you want to just like go infinite, there's probably better X spells that can do it for less mana. But if you have the infinite mana and you want it to be on a creature and it's like activated abilities, <laughs> then yeah, like I could see that being that be, that being really good. But it is it is cool to see. Like this is a card that I would yeah see like oh hot garbage. I would take it. I think it showed up in like the original precons, um, the original commander precons from 2011. Like this is the first card you would take out from that deck but yeah like i think in the kenrith deck it's it's legit mono green burn i had it also as a win condition in um the selesnia siona deck which is you tap you uh parlay with the table and then for each like i think it's for each non-land card uh you add green or something and everybody gets to draw a card you add green and you gain life so it's not like that Anyways, you gain a bunch of life. You, like, tap and untap her, like, a billion times. You float a whole bunch of green mana, and you gain a whole bunch of life. And then, yeah, you hurricane them down or squall them down. Squall longer them down. Um, <laughs> it's very it's very cute. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I got a good one for y'all. So I think the, the lesson of this card is a lot of times with a magic card, a card will have a primary use. And sometimes I think you can get tunneled vision on this card. It does this one thing and you only ever use it one way. I get tunnel vision on cards that way, but sometimes cards can be used in a way that you would never expect that actually ends up being really powerful. So the card I have is surgical extraction. Surgical extraction is a card that if you read it, it reads like a card that you would never, ever, ever get value out of in Commander. It is one Phyrexian black mana. Choose to read a card in a graveyard other than a basic land. Search its owner's graveyard hand in library for any number of cards with the same name and exile them. And then that player shuffles. So Commander, of course, is a singleton format. So the idea of getting rid of all copies of something out of a Commander deck is pretty useless. But I actually, so it was a, a letter week where all of our cards had to start with with the same letter and I had S and I realized that I could build a combo deck with Shadowborn Apostle so I played 40 Shadowborn Apostles and the idea was to get one of them in the graveyard and I could secret salvage which exiles a card from your graveyard and then you tutor up any number of them and then discard the rest of my Shadowborn Apostles to hand size play Sir Conrad which was my (laughs) commander and then surgically extract them to kill the table on the spot by having all these cards removed from the graveyard for Sir Conrad damage And it actually worked. It actually (laughs) ended up. So I didn't actually win with surgical extraction. It was actually uh, with a desert land scavenger grounds that exiled my graveyard after I got all the Shadowborn's apostles in there. But I think uh, it's hard to imagine a worse card for commander than surgical extraction. But in that one really super narrow specific set of circumstances, it was actually like an all star and one of the best cards in my deck. So that's that deck. I was pretty, pretty happy with how it turned out because it's just such a ridiculously janky kill and surgical extraction was part of it but it's hard for me to envision outside of shadowborn apostles another place i'd want to play surgical extraction is there any place tomer filled that you could play this card other than that mm. no i can't think of anything it's <laughs> funny how efficient it was for this job though with just phyrexian mana instant speed I- just it really was, I think, the best way to do that one certain job, which is exile as many Shadowborn Apostles from your graveyard as possible. It's the and best card your, in magic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's it, exiles them yeah, from your li- library as well, but, but that doesn't really do anything. So you got to first get them yeah. in the graveyard to trigger a Sir Conrad. Yeah, but so that so, like, that scavenging one's grounds cost mana. Like Pajuka Bog is the only other thing that you could do. For, like there are a couple cards. I think Pajuka Bog is the only one that also can exile all of them for free. But you still have to play your land for it. This one is like instant speed, zero mana. Yeah, like, that's simply the best. I mean. I guess you could also just fizzle some recursion with it or reanimation. Yeah. Like, even if you ignore the rest of the text of getting rid of all the copies from everywhere, if someone goes to reanimate something or eternal witness something, you could just be like, you know, two life exile it. You don't get to get it back with eternal witness. So I don't think it's worth it to play it that way. No. We don't even play like good graveyard hate. So I don't know why you'd play surgical extraction, which is pretty bad graveyard hate. But, but yeah, if you ever want to get rid of all your shadowborn apostles, uh, <laughs> Keep keep surgical extraction in mind. Fringe uh, CDH play to stop underworld breach loops. I don't know. Oh, that get your that lion's actually, eye diamond. That actually <laughs> I should, could work, maybe. It's Except they usually have a bunch yeah. of free counters in their graveyard. But otherwise, like if you can resolve yeah. it, I think it actually would work. Uh, yeah. All right, Tomer, hit us up with a, a worse card. Okay, so um, my uh, I have a changeling deck and. <laughs> I have a lot of cards in that Changeling deck that are just objectively bad unless you're playing a Changeling deck. Like I'm running, for example, Moth Dust Changeling. Um, changelings, for example, for, for those who are I don't know, uh, Changelings um, are a, a, a mechanic. It's a keyword that says this card is every creature type at all times. So even if it's on the battlefield or if it's in your hand or it's on any zone. Um, it will always be all creature types at all times. And that's the backbone of my deck because I'm running all these changings and then basically creature support cards like uh, Priest of Titania taps uh, for each elf you control, uh, green mana. Um, so I'm running like these bad changelings like Mothless Changeling and uh, it's like just a blue mana, 1-1 one, one creature. And you can tap an untapped creature control to give a flying intelligent of turn. It's like absolute trash. But in this deck, it's actually really good. And there's one actually... I was looking at the things that I was suggesting for this, and they were a little bit almost too decent. But here's the worst, all right? Spirit Mirror. This is what I used to be running in the Changeling deck, and it kind of actually what got me into building the deck in the first place. Spirit Mirror is a four-mana white enchantment that's two and double white that says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if there are no reflection tokens on the battlefield, create a 2-2 white reflection creature token, and you can pay zero mana to activate it to destroy target reflection. Now, this card, actively terrible. Like, it is... I I cannot yep. think of of a, of a deck that actually would run it outside of this particular changeling deck because I have cards that can actually turn all my opponent's creatures into changelings, aka reflection. So I have a me boy changeling. Uh, it just it's a creature that taps turn target uh, creature into a changeling. So you can turn it into changeling, and then for zero mana, boom! I just activate the spirit mirror. It's a reflection. It dies. But then there's cards that are like shields of Veilus Veil. All of target players' creatures are changelings until end of turn. And then you just, for one mana, for one white mana instant, I turn all your things into changelings. And then zero mana, I activate spirit mirror. Bam, 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 bam. All your changelings, all your creatures are now dead. They're reflections. And guess what? They're all dead. So that that's like the, the, the silliness of a changeling deck is they can take these cards that are absolutely garbage and they can make them actually kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the cool things about uh, a deck like that that's built around changelings is just, 
those cards become super powered. I know another one that you didn't mention, but I, I remember from the deck, and I remember because I always think, man, I feel like eventually this card's going to be worth something, because they're going to bring back mercenaries, but it's a Cataran yeah. <laughs> Summons, which is just one black mana, two to your library for a mercenary, and put it in your hand, which is like... As efficient as a tutor gets, that's like yeah. vampiric tutor, demonic tutor level. The problem is it only gets mercenaries, and mercenaries are horrible. They came in like one set 20 years ago. They just don't get supported, so there's not any good ones to tutor up. But if your best cards are all changelings that are all creature types, then all of a sudden that card's really, really strong. So that's another one of my one of my favorites. And I think that just like exemplifies that line of thinking like if you're building a deck like that those cards suddenly become super super powerful when no other deck would actually want to actually play them at all yeah Cataran summons is like the most interesting card that it's like super powerful um and it could be good maybe sometime down the line when we get mercenaries <laughs> again it could be good i'm glad i grabbed my foil like years yes. and years ago yeah. <laughs> um so i don't have to worry about it for my changeling deck but like yeah mercenaries i think it's a matter of time right like we'll get mercenaries everything everything is going to get a commander deck at yes. some point like so yeah, sooner yeah. or later there's going to be some ridiculous mercenary commander and everyone's going to want Cataran summons so Cataran <laughs> summons. Kind of you heard it here hashtag ncg finance <laughs> oh no please don't uh, what about what about you phil uh, any any thoughts on changelings or do you have your next yeah i'm card? always surprised how well this deck functions like i played against yeah. it last time in barcelona and it's just just doing the thing everything's cheaper and everything gets less this and no it's fine uh, Don't I, it, and it's please. so I... funny to call everything like oh this is an oof or this is like it's <laughs> it just lends itself to they're all raccoons they're all they're yeah. all monks now <laughs> you appreciate I think... if everybody said the deck is bad so like no actually no tomer <laughs> Tomer loaned me the deck once. We were at the same event, and he was like, hey, play one of my decks if you want to. And I said, I'll give it a try. They played it, and I actually came away from it feeling bad. Like, wow, this deck is maybe, like, too strong. Like, too strong for the people I was playing against. So it sounds like a meme, but it's actually, like, surprisingly functional. Like, I was... Where's the CDH version, Tomer? That's the the real question. (laughs) It did start as a meme, but, I mean, it it did get tuned over many years, But, like... Yeah, Phil, what's what's something meme that we can all get behind and appreciate? Like another card? Another uh, card. Hit us up yeah. with one of your worst. I feel like this one people might say, oh, this is actually good. It is played in like 300 decks on CDA tricks. So <laughs> wow. There's like I hundreds of thousands or millions yeah. of decks. So the card is Homerate Spawning Bats. An enchantment blue for blue blue, so two blue mana. <laughs> And it has an activated ability of one colorless and two blue. So for three mana, sacrifice a blue creature to put X coverit tokens into play, where X is the mana value of the sacrificed creature. Treat these tokens as one, one blue creatures. So you sacrifice a creature for three, a blue creature, and then you create as many one, one coverit tokens as it mana value it's not that bad and it's a blue uh sacrifice outlet i played it in sea monster like not sea monster but prehistoric creature tribal so i can sacrifice my commander garuda which is by far the best use for it the other use was i played so many bad cards just for the artwork that like a four mana two two with a weird ability is worse than just four one ones. So sacrificing it with this was 
upgrading my weird jank <laughs> that I played because of the artwork. Um, it does seem kind of playable, though. It's a it can create a lot of tokens. Only it, blue creatures, it though. Can. It's, it's kind of weird that it's not played more. But then again, you really need a specific deck where there's no better option than this. Garuda, though. It is. Garuda. Cost. You can't. Because you want Garuda to die and come back. So yeah. You make a bunch of tokens and can do it again. That actually, like, that does make some amount of sense. It's hard. If it wasn't blue creatures, there would be a lot more possibility. Like, yeah, you imagine, yeah. like, you can call me Phyrexian Dreadnought, yeah. sack it, make 12 tokens or something. Like, no, there'd be a lot more sh- shenanigans. Yeah, it could right? be mana value. But you could still. Oh, cheat it's on the this. mana value. I was thinking it was power. Oh, mana value. Yeah. Hmm. Or like an affinity, an affinity thing. Yeah, right? like yeah, with some affinity thing, but a lot of those don't work because it's blue. It still seems like it could be good. What do you think, Tomer? Have you ever played this card? I have never played this card, and I was like racking my brain. Like I looked on EDH Rec just to see where it was played, and it's it's slim pickings. It's uh, most played in Inga Runes. It says <laughs> when uh, if it dies draw three cards of uh three or more creatures died this turn so that makes sense got him and you make you make four crabs which is fun (laughs) um it does seem it's i i think this is the card that is is very interesting if you're like specifically mono blue aristocrats like uh, then you that's the problem though right like Like, isn't blue maybe the least supported color for aristocrats like so i that's I some... have an Aristocrats deck. I have Min Wily Illusionist. It basically oh, yeah. make illusion tokens, and then they, when they die, you get to cheat permanence from your hand onto the battlefield. So I actually like I run like Astronaut's Altar. I run like Culling Days, um, Skull Clamp, and like a bunch of ways to like Witches Oven. A bunch of ways to sacrifice them, but they're tokens. I have to sacrifice tokens, so this is not. <laughs> it wouldn't work with that. So right yeah, i think this is like a card that like eventually we will get like true mono blue aristocrats and this will have a time to shine but even so like you still have to pay three mana to activate it uh I'm, so it's like it's competing with like astronauts altar and stuff but i'm curious what a camarid is do either you yeah and what the tokens look like the, cra- I, the crab people i actually so i i crab tried to google people. this because i was curious and all i see is hamrid spawning ben in magic tokens like <laughs> yeah. did wizards just make up the word camarid and put it on this card <laughs> no no, no. It's, it's, it's been like since the beginning of the game i think at least of like legends they're basically just like they're literally crab people but they're not even like they don't even look very humanoid. I don't. I don't think like they kind of like walk. The, Are they like Zoidbergs? Yeah, but that's the Homerids. Is this a Zoidberg? Zoidberg? Not even the Zoidbergs. Um, they're it's... they're um they're Maybe? native to Dominaria. I remember, and they did show up in like Dominaria United. Like if you remember the card Shore Up, kind of saw a little bit of play. Like he's just a giant crab. Like that's a Homerid. They're yeah. just giant Maybe, crab people. Maybe Camerid's like a baby. It must be like a Maybe, baby yeah. Homerid. That would make based oh, on the flavor. Camerid. Like Homerids yeah. are like the adults, and then they have Camerids, and then they grow up into Homerids. I don't know why we care <laughs> about any of this. But we need there's only the two cards in Magic. That, <laughs> there's only two cards in Magic that can do this. One is Homerid Spawning Ben, and the other is a uh, Cypridian Emperor's Volume ah, Seven, yes. which can. Uh, they- 
<laughs> can make camera tokens, blue okay, camera tokens. I like that the wiki, uh, they're infant homerids. They're called camerids. Yes. Hey! All right, hey, baby. You're right. Baby homerids. We got there. All right. right. I, I, got a, I got a good one for you. So I'm going to move on to my next worst card. And this is a card that uh, I legitimately thought was good at one point. And I think that speaks more to me being very bad at Commander <laughs> than anything else. But... That is Magnifying Glass. So Magnifying Glass, it's a it's a three-mana mana rock. It taps to add a colorless mana, but it has the all-powerful <laughs> ability of pay four mana to investigate. So if you go back to the early days of Commander Clash, I was a really big believer in drawing cards uh, to the point where I thought that Magnifying Glass was like a legit staple because what happens if I got nothing to better to do? I run out of cards. I can always pay six mana and tap my mana rock. So I guess I'm kind of paying seven mana Somehow. to draw, to draw a single magic card. So if you go back in my deck list, I would play this in essentially every deck. I think eventually Tomer and Richard and uh, everyone talked me out of that actually being a good deal, but uh, I would lose yeah. my mind. Oh, Tomer would, would get you would do so it in upset. Clash. I'd be like, Oh my God, is there anything like you have like five cards in hand and you're like, wow, I guess I'm just <laughs> yeah. pass there's the turn. Video, there's video proof mana. of just like, like, yeah, pass the turn, pay seven, was, crack the clue. And I would card. lose my mind on, on how much you you love this card. I would be I, like, there's no way you have anything better to do than this. So the thing is, like, yes, this card is really bad. Yes, I did play it all the time. But I still kind of, it was our preview card. I think I our first ever preview card. Recently. Think, did you? What deck did you almost put it in? Yes, yeah, so in my Paper Manuel Skyga deck, I oh. really want any chance I can get to create a token at any point of the game. So I try, like, in the end, I landed on the Stranger Things flip land for this because this also has four mana tap, make a clue. Um, this one made it, almost made it in though. I mean, the problem is with Manios Kage, you're usually not empty handed enough to spend seven mana, or I guess <laughs> just four mana or five mana to make a clue. It's seven. Uh, you can get it on lands <laughs> though. And Mirex makes a token for three mana, so it's outclassed. But I had it on my list, not on my final deck list, but I thought about it. <laughs> You consider like it, it not in 2020. <laughs> Someone considering it's probably closer to magnifying glasses gotten <laughs> to playability in the last few years, I think, since I stopped playing. I think the other reason I stopped playing is, like, I still believe in three mana mana rocks with upside, but we just get a lot of them now. So now I'm playing, like, the Celestis, which maybe five years from now when we do a podcast about the worst cards we played, I'll be saying, I used to put yeah, the Celestis in every deck, and it's totally not worth it. But <laughs> but I'm still, yeah, I've kind of upgraded to those uh, other cards. But there was a time when I, I did play it. And I think one of the lessons I've learned about Commander is... And I hate to say this, but card draw is like a little overrated. Or it was a little overrated by me. I still love drawing cards. But if you can't actually cast the cards you draw, yes. it's kind of like you didn't actually draw a card. Like, the cards in your hand doesn't actually do anything. It's cards that you put on the stack or on the battlefield. So over the years, I've learned that maybe paying seven isn't actually worth drawing a card. Because if you're paying seven to draw a card, you don't have any mana to actually do anything with those cards you're drawing. So I think that's a, a little philosophy change for me playing a commander. I still want a full hand, but I actually want to play that hand instead of just uh, having a full hand. I think to to piggyback on that, I think that like especially in 2023, people are really op opening to the fact that like mana efficiency is so key, 
in Commander, where, like, yes, you don't want to spend seven mana. Like, drawing cards is good, but you don't want to spend a lot of mana to draw cards. You want to focus on ways that are more efficient, more mana efficient to draw cards. So then you can cast those spells. Um, like, uh, your mana, mana advantage and card advantage are the two most important things. And being as mana efficient as possible, doing whatever you're trying to do, is really important. So just, like, curve out properly and actually have impact the board as well as keeping your hand full that's why i've been like a big hater on like this card still sees a lot of play uh it's dawn of hope but this is like just an example of a card that like i thought was trash and i still think is trash and it's only gotten worse over time it's like it's for life gain decks people say oh well like it's a white life thing card it's a shame whenever you gain a life you can pay two you can draw a card i've always been of the opinion that this card is bad because paying two mana to draw a single card after I paid two minutes, I just play the thing. Just not good. And then especially now, like in 2023, when we have so many more better ways in white to draw cards, I feel like you just don't want to be spending extra mana to keep drawing cards, especially not two mana per card drawn. One mana. Mentor of the Meek is on the chopping block for me. Like I still I, run it, but like I, just, I don't yeah. want to spend one mana anymore. I, I, I want my welcoming vampires to draw me a card for free. I was going to say like Mind's Desire. I remember like... Mind's Eye was like a staple oh, of me eye. back in the day. Yeah. Or Mind's Eye, Mind's Eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind's Eye, you just, whenever your opponent draws a card, you can pay one to draw a card. I would jam that in yeah. literally every single deck. And now I never play that card anymore. And that's just one mana to draw a card. And it's like yeah. relatively flexible timing wise. You don't have to leave up the mana. So I think you're right. Like what is, so what kind of card draw do we want then? If we're going to say this kind of card draw is bad, are we looking for like, like Ristic Studies obviously busted, but like stuff yeah. that, just repeatedly is drawing you a card for free is that what we're looking for you get it on the battlefield like i uh, i'm gonna say Frexine arena and you're all gonna yell at me but like is that what we're is that what we're looking for or you want the burst like the painful truth richard draw three for three secret yeah. rendezvous what what do you focus on if you do want card draw in your deck um, like so, engines like yeah benny brex for example I recently mm-hmm. built a borrow deck but tried to put as much card draw as i can in there and I'm at a point where I just draw an extra card every turn from like Tokasia's Welcome, uh, Welcoming Vampire. I don't play the Mentor. I do play a multi multicolor deck, so I have to be a little careful with monocolor cards. But Mentor paying one mana extra is already, eh. yeah. But stuff like Benny Brex and Tokasia's Welcome mm-hmm. just. That- consistent that'd be like welcoming vampire too right kind of in that same range like so once you get on the battlefield it's free and repeatable yeah like i still like mentor because if you play a token deck you could literally draw like four cards on a single turn where welcoming vampire is just one but like it is definitely on on the list of like things that i'm putting in less and less and eventually i think we're just going to get a mentor of the meek that just straight up you know, draws you that many cards without the mana associated. Yeah, I, I think we're like a year away from that or something like that from a power cup version. And I think that's that's fine. But yeah, I do look for like incremental draw and burst draw, mostly incremental draw, but like being mana free on drawing the card is like the big thing. They're usually synergy pieces. You know, they work with the deck and they reward you by doing your, if you do your thing, you get to draw a card and you get to draw a card without paying additional mana. That's the important thing. Is not paying more mana, so I can cast the spells that I'm drawing. That's like the big thing. But I have I have one more question for you about magnifying glass before we move on. So oh, you just said glass. a minute ago that in in commander, like it's all about mana advantage and card advantage. Shouldn't this be like amazing? Like it generates mana and it generates card advantage. What what am I missing with my past magnifying glass logic? It's just like 
too expensive? Is that what if it costs two mana to investigate? Would that be enough? Would that would that make it a yep. good three mana mana rock? Maybe I might play it. It's Maybe nice. that's like on the fence. On the so line. then you're paying like yeah. three. I guess you're still paying five, right? You're paying two to tap it, one to tap the magnifying glass, and then two to draw the card. Yeah, yeah. To ah. be fair, in my deck, I don't need to crack the clue to draw a card. So oh, if you just, have to yeah, crack I guess the... that makes it better. If yeah. I had to remake Magnifying Glass in 2023, I would keep it tap. as a three mana taps for one colorless. And then the thing that would activate it, it would be zero mana. And then you would have to do something specific. Like it would be zero mana, activate, investigate. And then you could only activate this ability if you did something specific this turn. You know, like if you. Not even if you made a token, actually, if you made it created a token this turn, you get to investigate. Like I don't would just like tap to investigate P two strong with no restriction. I'm almost as we talked about. I'm almost wondering if that would just be fine because it's only like once per turn. One well, you got to. But if you just tap it, yeah. I mean, what if there's like what if there's like uh, if uh, artifact tap combos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe you need to exclude the combos. But it's a well, three mana mana rock for I don't want to go off on this too much because the card doesn't exist, but three mana colorless mana rock can have a lot of upside before it's broken, right? It's, it's true. Yeah, it's, I mean it's three mana instead. I mean half the this. half the community just thinks they're bad no matter what. So <laughs> and just because they cost three mana no matter the upside, well, we have a but... podcast talking about three mana value ones that are worth it. We do, yeah. We click should, click the card that we might forget to put up there, but hopefully we remember. Oh god, all the pressure's I, on I, me. Well no, I do that all the time. I always I always say every video, if I say, Oh, I'm gonna put a card up every time, I guarantee you I will forget. But let's uh let's keep going. Uh Tomer, give us a bad bad card, a worse card even. Yeah, I won't even give you one card because again, I cheat. I'll give you two cards that are the Tony exact just same. plays bad decks. Like, there's no no bad cards. The whole deck is. <laughs> yeah, full when, of bad you, cards. when you were like, when you were like, let's see worse cards. I'm like, I'm perfect. I'm the man for the job. All right, so I'll give you two cards, but they're the exact same. Um, so uh, Ethereal Usher. It's a six mana. Five and a blue, a two, three spirit. It has an ability. Don't worry about it. It has trans. Well, okay. It has blue and tap it. Target creature becomes is unblockable this turn. I've never activated this ability in my life. Um, but it has a transmutability one and double blue. So you can pay three mana and you can discard this card from your hand, pay three mana, um, and then switch your library for a card that has the same mana value as this card, which is six and put into your hand. So it's like a grim tutor. Or it's like a it's like a very specific tutor. You pay three mana and you get to find something in the same mana value. And then I had the exact same card, but it's a black card. It's six mana, uh, black two four horror netherborn phalanx. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses one life for each creature they control. I've actually casted this card to win the game a couple times. <laughs> if you have like infinite creatures, you're dead. Or you just have a big army and you have a little life total, you're good. So it's it's slightly better. Uh, and it has transmute of one black black. So I have a six-drop deck. It's uh, every single card in this deck has a mana value of six. Every single non-land card in this deck has a mana value of six exactly. No higher, no less. It's Tassiger and has Gyruda as a companion. Um, it's super fun and janky. And these cards, while they're probably... I don't think I've seen them in any other deck ever in my life. I've never come across them in the wild ever. Um, in, these, in this deck, since every single card is six mana... 
I can just pay three mana, search my library for any card in my deck, any non-land card in my deck. So they're actually like the two best cards in my deck because they can find my combo pieces. They can find a board wipe when I need it. They can find literally anything, anything I need. And I can play it on turn three, whereas most of my spells are only online uh, when I have six mana. So they can actually, it lets my deck curve out a little bit too. They're like the two best cards in the deck. I'm not even memeing, but like they're <laughs> stone cold unplayable. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's actually a perfect example of how a card can be super good in a, a very specific deck. Because in your deck, they're like Grim Tutor, right? But you don't lose any life, and occasionally you cast them as a creature, at least the, mm. the Netherborn Phalanx. So, yeah, it does seem perfect for a deck like that. I have never seen them see play. I've seen the mechanics see play. I feel like Transmute is almost still like kind of a underrated mechanic that people... It's like so old i don't know if people know about it these days but there's actually like a bunch of different mana values that have similar spells i think all the way from two up to nine i guess with graza one there's is there a one mana one? one oh dizzy spell yeah. right yeah, there's a land this way i run that in my deck so i can get curiosity because it's a curiosity combo deck Ooh, I mean, yeah. like a lot of people get train grounds off it i think that's a really mm. good target like if you're like in kenrith or whatever and you're looking for yeah i feel that. like i feel like i should play more transmute i always forget about it i don't i don't have i don't ever think about putting it in my deck but yeah it is a pretty yeah. powerful mechanic i guess muddled like, next year is probably the one i see the most yeah that's the most playable i think like most of them are garbage like if you, you don't want to cast them as actually spells but muddle the mixture i actually think like it's two mana it's like counter spell but it can only counter instance of sorceries but like that's fine there will be yeah. situations where you actually cast it and, and then, then you it can finds your transmute for three team. and yeah get yeah you can find another tutor that gets whatever you want with it yeah <laughs> or an arcane signet. Tutor of it, and you just keep going yeah uh, what were you gonna say phil it's it's kind of like an mdfc but not a land on the backside but a spell yeah but uh just a two-sided card it's i can't imagine another one phalanx just cheese people out of the game <laughs> it's like the uh rectus charm that sometimes kills yep. people yep so i really like this one and i mean in the six drop deck obviously that just tutors the entire deck that is beautiful mm. uh, all right what uh what about you phil give us give us another another worst card uh, yeah so <laughs> the other cards were cards that i played but they made sense in the deck this one i try to play in a lot of decks usually when i play against Krim, i have never yeah. cast it though <laughs> it is Seed time, the best and worst card at the same time. If you cast it, it's probably the best. Two mana, one and a green. Play seed time only during your turn. Take an extra turn after this one if an opponent played a blue spell this turn. I really want to get Krim with this, but it never happens. I played it, so I looked through my deck list for this podcast from Commander Clash and looked for weird cards. And this one showed up a bunch, but it never showed up on the stack so far. So it is certainly the worst card that I played the most, but never cast. It should be. I usually usually don't like extra turn spells in Commander, but this one. Oh, the payoff. How, it's got to be so be glorious. How you can you get mad, mad if you get seed time? Oh, like, if you yeah, deserve so it. Like, good. it even makes your opponent, like, counter your spell. But I guess it doesn't have to be a counter spell. But casting a blue spell during your turn is most commonly going to be countering your spell or bouncing your thing. So it's kind of like the blue player does it to themselves to some extent. I almost wonder if this is even a bad card. I was trying to look up when I knew CDH. this was going to be on our list. Like, 
Blue, I think, is the most popular color in Commander. If you ever look up just, like, the most played colors. Five color is the most popular, but, like, most popular three color combinations are Esper and Grixis. Two color, it's Demir is the most popular. Uh, And then blue is uh, the second most popular mono color behind black. Is there any argument to this just being a good card? Like, or is there still, (laughs) even if people are playing blue, the fact that you have to be uh, cast during your turn, is that just too much of a timing restriction? I think it's it's worse in casual because there's actually, believe it or not, I've noticed there's a big stigma against counter magic in casual games. Like people will run like two counter spells, you know, yeah. they'll run like they're fierce in the mana drain, but they're not gonna be going full crim, you know, where they're running like twenty <laughs> counter spells and they're ready for any any threat to breathe uh too loudly <laughs> to, to counter it. Um most people don't run that many counters. So like you have to be against blue, which is fine but then you have to be against a blue player who runs a decent amount of counter magic otherwise this is going to be sitting in your hand a lot of the time and i guess phil has have noticed that yeah. even against crim who's yeah, like the problem super yeah. blue it's yeah, already it's... the best situation for it like crim loves to counter my cool spells but <laughs> yes. then i have to draw this that so it's gonna be just glorious. I think it's worth it. Like it doesn't matter how many One times day. it's a dead card because it's gonna be a dead card a lot of the time. I think probably in CDH, yeah. probably it has a more likelihood of showing up. Uh, but it even so, like if, you, money, if somebody yeah. counters your like, if somebody uses a counter, that's probably they're countering your game winning thing. So if you get counter on your game winning thing, and then you're like, oh, I'll take an extra turn. It's like okay, whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not like you're gonna <laughs> win now. It's yeah. you're just, you're just saying <laughs> you get to draw a card and play a land. I guess maybe. <laughs> Yeah, the classic um, explorer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's hilarious though. Like especially in, in a casual game, if you have like just like big scary army and you play like Overrun or something, and then somebody counters it so they don't die, and then you're like, ah, oh, take an extra turn. Now you're dead anyway. Like that's pretty I, funny. It is pretty <laughs> funny. I got to ask you, Phil. So let's say eventually you you pull it off. You get the seed time. You get the extra turn. It is as amazing as you hope. Do you take it out of the deck the next day? Is is this just like a one time achievement Probably, thing, or do you think honestly, you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, at this point, I played it in like six decks or something. I just <laughs> never have it in the. It's just such got a, a whole dead stack card. of seed times floating around his, his apartment. Just a stack. <laughs> I don't have it. The problem in paper, it, it does cost some money. It never got reprinted, yeah. and technically, it's. It's a time walk, <laughs> but I'm very technically, if it's on the, the stack. version, it was Rebecca Gay. I love the art. The art like, yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like fifty dollars. Like it's kind of wild that it's like so expensive because it's like not playable. And then I checked it's the price because it's like one hundred and ten. Like yep. what's going on? He was like, "It's art school. It's got to um, be got to be the classic Rebecca Gay art." But yeah, yeah it looks pretty cool. All right, I I got another. Oh, I've been going. Now. I've been going back and forth on on which one to pick for my third pick, but I think I'm going to go with I think I'm going to go with Bullwhip just because this one even caught me by surprise. So Bullwhip is a four mana artifact that is two mana. Tap it deals one damage to a creature, and that creature much must attack this turn if able. That is absolutely horrible. Like you're paying six mana for the 
first damage, and then even after that, it's still two more mana. So that's, I guess, the price you pay for colorless burn, essentially. So I played this in a, a wrath theme deck. We were doing like, uh, block weeks where all your cards had to be from a certain block. So I was, uh, I was doing Earth Planner Week, I think it was, from a certain plane. So I was wrath. Yeah. So I had this bullwhip deck, and it just happens that there's another card from that block called Piz Spawn, which is, also probably deserving to be on the list of worst cards I've ever played. It's a 7-mana 6-4 first striker that you have to pay 2 black mana during your upkeep or sacrifice. But if That's any creature is damaged by it, you exile it. It gets removed from the game. So for... I don't know, 1999, maybe it was a decent creature, but by current standards, a horrible creature. Well, it turns out Bullwhip plus Pit Spawn is actually a really good combo, because you can activate Bullwhip and force your opponent to attack, and then you block with the Pit Spawn, and thanks to First Strike, you just exiles it. So if I remember the game, someone was playing like Theros, and they had all the indestructible gods, and they, uh, Richard was going to run away with the game, but it turned out that I could just keep Bullwhipping his his indestructible gods, and they had to force attack into the Pit Spawn. And eventually, the infamous bullwhip pit spawn combo actually actually beat the indestructible gods of Theros. So that one actually was I was not expecting it to be as good as it was, and I definitely wasn't playing it intentionally to be a combo. And that's one of the joys of Commander, right? Is like you build these hundred card singleton decks, and as you play them, you find these synergies that you didn't even realize as you were building the deck, and they end up being really cool. So bullwhip for me will ever uh, forever be a classic, like horrible card, just because of that one game where it just happened to all come together perfectly for it. I would say that was like one of my all-time favorite commander games. <laughs> it had Spice 8 Rack as one of as the guest for it. We were all playing these garbage flavor decks. It was wonderful. <laughs> like um I was playing Vampires, Richard was on uh Theros and you were on Wrath. I think the editor made made that deck, the Wrath <laughs> yep. deck. Because obviously only only he could pull such off such a wizardly <laughs> thing. Um and you were running like just garbage cards. There was also like Vati Il Dale, I think. That was, was the commander. commander. Yeah. yeah. It was like making the toughness of creatures one so you could bull whip them for one damage. <laughs> and it was just like it was it was popping off. I've never seen I've never seen such stupid cards. Perform so well. It's the best performance from a horrible deck yeah. that I think I've ever had, for sure. Like it, it just yeah. all came together, and it was absolutely glorious. It's one of my favorite, uh, favorite commander games as well. I think. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that I one. Know. Oh, I, I remember, remember that playing one, Blue Whip as a kit, and I think I thought it was good. <laughs> I think I maybe like, maybe it was I when really you were a kid. The... It might be. <laughs> maybe it was actually just good back but then. But I played it possible. So, I got an old collection from my cousin back then, and it was around Mirrodin time, so I actually can't imagine this being even close to power level at the time, but I don't know, we played Kitchen Table Magic. Maybe I just played against a bunch of X-Ones, or I did the attack me trick. It doesn't even go, like the opponent will just attack you if you don't have... The right blocker. That's why I have the pit. Oh spawn. yeah, right. Yeah, the, that's why you gotta have the, you have gotta the, have the combo. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, I don't think the card's good. Like I think goad is just like straight straight up. There's a lot of goad cards that will do this just way better. Or there's like Biden them fast so that's four mana blue. You draw cards and then you can activate it for two to make all your opponent's creatures attack. There's yeah. So, there's way there's better be. way better ways to do it. But if you're like in in a wrath planer deck, like there's no better than there's there's not Ooh. many options for wrath planer. That's uh <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, yeah, Tomas. I see one. one more. I see one more on your list. Give us your last, your last worst card. What? Way down at the one. bottom. Oh wait, nope. no, that says don't mention. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted oh, to yeah. mention that one because but... I knew Krim would. If Krim was here, because we thought maybe Krim would be showing up on the recording. I just wrote a note for him. I won't mention Cauldra because it's good. Okay, so, I, I misread it. I thought you wanted to make sure to mention yeah, Cauldra before the cast ended. My but... last one is sort of body in mind, but I've never played it because <laughs> God. I, even I have my limits. Sort of body in mind. I actually did have one more that I that I was going to mention. I I have a bonus one. This one like it kind of fell apart because of uh, uh one of yours was actually Pyromancer Swath, which has the downside of discarding your hand. But I convinced myself at one point that one with nothing, like which is known as the worst card ever printed or worst rare ever printed, which is just one mana instant discard your hand. Um, I convinced myself that would actually be worth playing in a Hakan deck because I thought, okay, I gotta get Hakan, which is the weird zombie knight commander that you can only cast from your graveyard so you have to like get it into your hand and then get it in your graveyard and then you can cast it so like oh this would be great i'll just get my hakan into my into my hand with like command beacon or something and then i just won with nothing myself and then i can hakan from the graveyard and i want my stuff in the graveyard anyway because hakan lets me cast knights from my graveyard so maybe one with nothing is actually just like really good in hakan it turns out it wasn't really good in hakan yeah. and it wasn't worth it anyway but for a brief <laughs> moment i talked myself into one with nothing being a good card and as a bonus i also had the deck of many things so that was my backup plan maybe i could finally get that deck of many thing win maybe deck of many things should actually just be on my list of force cards because every time we talk about it it's it's me playing a horrible card to try to win with deck of many things (laughs) i mean it's something it's something possible to win but like and we could say that about every card that's definitely that's definitely an honorable match and i would say for the one with nothing and also deck of many things yeah. I, I'm still rooting for the win on that one, though. Someday. Did you ever get a win with it? You got you did against odds, right? Uh, I get a video. So Phil, Phil did a did a video uh, where he won with it. Get infinite rolls with it oh. <laughs> to make it oh, happen. Okay. So oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it would be very funny if it happens naturally. But the fact that you yeah. have to be empty handed to have any chance, even and then even if you get empty handed, it's one in twenty that you <laughs> that you roll the twenty, and then even if all that happens. You still don't necessarily win. Then you like reanimate oh, yeah. a creature and it has to die, and a single player loses the game. So empty-handed, <laughs> one in twenty shot, and an extra hoop to jump through. So yeah, maybe a deck of many things is actually number one on worst cards I've ever played list. But I'm gonna keep trying because I really want to see it happen someday. Is it like a <laughs> mythic or something? Did it? It is. Like... Oh, I boy. mean, you're you're a D and D fan. Is it like a pretty iconic D and D item? Is it like a flavor mythic? Is that the the idea? Probably. It's like a, it's, it's the idea of like legendary artifacts. Like mm. basically the idea of like legendary as a card type, like that's bestowed to like a couple of things that are very popular in the mythos. And they've been, they've been in all editions of D and D for like decades now. So they keep showing up again, deck of many things, that one in particular. It's a cool card. It is. Um, not a good card, but it is not it a is good cool. finisher. No, <laughs> it is not. Anyway, 
I think that brings us to the end of our worst cards we've ever played podcast. So now that you've heard our worst cards, I'd love to hear y'all's worst cards. I'm sure there's some cards that look really bad, but you have the perfect deck for them, or they've worked out that one time in an amazing way. So definitely let us know in the comments, what's the worst cards that you've ever played that were actually good in the deck you were playing or in the situation you were in. So thanks for listening, everyone. Again, make sure to click the like and subscribe button, all that good stuff. Check out Card Conduit, check out the merch page, and we'll be back next week to talk even more Commander. So until then, have a great week, and this is a crew signing out.